Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, John Menchie, Jameson Williams, all the fallout from the big SEC championship. What went on for Desmond Ritter? Did he increase his case or did he lose some ground? And let's get into who is edge one, Thibodeau or Hutchinson? All today on Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On NFL Draft. And we want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I'm your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Tracy, man. And we have a really cool show today just to talk about a lot of what went on in championship weekend. And I think we'd be doing everyone a disservice if we didn't start with the Alabama against Georgia game, polarizing game. I didn't know which way this game was going to go. Uh, I mean, you, you just look at the Georgia defense, and I had one of my followers. He's a, he's an Alabama fan. He had tweeted out the score. He predicted 31 to, like, 20. Alabama mm-hmm. win. And I'm like, dude, like Georgia hasn't given up 31 points, like, all year in every game combined. And now, all of a sudden, Alabama's going to put up 31 points, and they went above and beyond that, man. What are some of your initial thoughts, not just from the game, but just from some of these prospects that really showed out in this game on the big stage? Well, this game in particular was about the prospects. The guys that are going to be in this draft showed up and showed out in this game. I hope that you enjoyed this weekend because I, I just full disclaimer, I got family that are UGA alum. So I can't watch one of those games without getting blown up on the text every five seconds. So I got to record it and go back and watch it all tight, you know, skipping 30 seconds at a time. And when you do it that way, as though you were watching the all 22, which we'll see later here in the draft process, a couple of things really stand out, and that's the the evolution of what that number one defense was when the game started and what it was when it ended. And it was very, very different. My notes are kind of all over the place about they held in, held in, held in. But, like, obviously, if you give Nick Saban time to figure out how to attack you, and he made a lot of comments post-game about, like, making sure that they exploit what was there, uh, I think you can't go any farther then the Alabama side, then Jameson Williams and John Mechie. Hopefully, Mechie is not an ACL. He did leave the game with a big injury, folks. That, number one, is probably my biggest takeaway. That could, whether it's an ACL, whether it's just a, a strain or, or meniscus or something, that could drastically affect his draft stock. I, I saw a report earlier today that said it was it was ACL. So now we'll see. And oh. as for disclaimer, as we're recording this, it's Sunday morning right now. So as of Sunday morning, the early reports were, yeah, it's an ACL, but we'll we'll see as they, you know, really kind of confirm it and they get into more testing. But it sounds like he's going to miss the entire playoffs and not just, I mean, obviously the playoffs, but you know, draft season OTAs. things like that, and yeah. may you know force him to come back. And we're talking about him too, real quick. You know, I thought he had a big game. He looked really good. He he. One thing that really stands out to me is is you can't just pigeonhole him to one thing, whether it's an outside receiver, inside receiver. Like he can play both and he does both at a high level. But this was the game where I thought, hey, you know, he gets to show out, gets to show everything. And, and he's been that good receiver. He's been extremely productive over the last couple of games, uh, half of a game because there was no Williams in it, but showed everything good. And then boom, uh, blow looks like it's potentially a blown knee. And I think that's unfortunate for him and may force him to actually stay for another year. Yeah, I feel for him. I, I don't know. 
I don't know if staying for another year is going to get him any any farther in his goal. You know, I, I don't know how much far, farther he can climb the draft ladder for 23 than 22. I'll be really interested to see what that decision process is. And we'll let you guys know as soon as we know. But his partner in crime and Jameson Williams, I thought this was even more of a statement from him because you're playing the number one college defense in the land and you still are able to do what you do in exploiting them deep. I thought it was a terrible game for Sign and Kendrick. But I think that opposite is true as well. Williams actually says, I don't care what you do. I'm going to run through you anyway and still be the yeah. player that I am. I think that bodes well for his transition to the NFL. Man, he, he's special. And it's and it just, I, I want to know the thought process of Ohio State just not helping <laughs> him or whatever the case was for whatever reasons he left Ohio State coming to Alabama. This is a guy who's potentially wide receiver one. I'm getting a lot of those messages, whether it's in my DMs, whether it's on Twitter, just seeing the response of everyone just watching him and what he's doing. You know, yeah, we see the slant that he catches and takes it to the house, but even more so than that, there was another play he scored a touchdown on where he did like a, a double move. It's essentially what we call a half step. So he, he took off, really exploded off the ball. And I, I try to get my my kids, my kids, I train my son uh, to understand how to explode off of the ball and, you know, run your route full speed to start. Everything should look like a go route. Where in the middle of that, he did what we call a half step, which is basically you taking kind of a half step. It looks like a stutter. So by the time the defensive back reacts to it, the receiver is going again. It is extremely difficult to defend. I had a, a nightmare time with it as a freshman in junior college. But he exploded by, I mean, it just caught the ball and you just see just the fluidness, the the explosiveness, you know, just the understanding of changing pace within a route. So, yeah, we see the slant that he catches and takes it to the crib. But I think it's just all the other things, the parts of his game that he brings to the table that potentially has him as a wide receiver one. And not just that. We've talked about the special teams value of this. I mean, I want to say it was Alabama's first punt and maybe another punt later mm -hmm. on. He's the first guy down making the tackle as a gunner. Same thing that got him kicked out of the last game. But you just see just that relentlessness like as a receiver as a gunner just overall terrific football player and there's going to be a big question as to who is the wide receiver one I think he's throwing his name into that hat other guys that are tremendous you see the Drake London's and the the Garrett Wilson's and the Olave's mm -hmm. and all these other receivers Bill all these other receivers but I think Jameson Williams is like hey you guys can talk about all these other guys but just talk about them after me because I'm the best receiver in this class yeah, I, I'm with you. That that was a statement game, and I'm glad you bring up the, the half-step technique too because that's even harder to do when you're as tall, high-waisted kind of guy that he is yeah. because of his stride length. I thought that was really key. And if you can throttle down a half-step and get that kind of acceleration after the fact at the college level with all that space between, I, I think that, again, is another trait that takes him forward in the NFL and sets him up for a lot of success. Now, the receivers aren't the only guys that play in this game. We'll get to the defense, <laughs> as well as what happened in Cincinnati for a couple of their guys here right after this. So we want to let you guys know, man, does this sound familiar? You've got your you know, one device that lets you catch every game live, and I'll be watching all the games live today. You have another one that lets you stream your favorite shows, and you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you got your neighbor's best friends log in to watch all this good stuff. Well, I want to let you know that there's a much simpler way to go about this and get all your entertainment that you love, you know, without a hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like you've never seen before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy any other device ever again. And the best part about it, guys, 
There is no annual contract. So get rid of all that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more about DirecTV Stream by going to directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by the package. Now, you talked about that game and, and there being more than just receivers in it. And you actually mentioned uh, Kendricks. And I just want to touch on him just for a brief second because he's not someone that we really planned on talking about. But this is a guy who played at Clemson. You know, he, he transferred over to Georgia. Thought this would, like, you know, just help him out, help his draft stock, him end up being a guy. There were some people that were looking into it this year, like, okay, this is breakout year for Kendricks. This is a year that all comes together. And, no, struggled throughout this game. Like, you know, whether it was, you know, last year in the national championship game against uh, – I mean, not in the national championship game, in the uh, first playoff game against Ohio State where he just got torched, or whether it's this year. I mean, it hasn't mattered. No matter, guys are finding him, they're looking for him, and they are really kind of just having their way with him. So I, I think Kendrick, he's a guy who definitely did not help himself, not in just this game, but, I mean, really this year at all, especially with what people were expecting to see from him. It's been a struggle. That, that challenge has certainly met him with a wall that he's going to have to overcome. He's not the only one either. Jordan Davis has been the best defensive tackle in the country. He hit a wall in this particular ball game. You saw him, I thought, look fresh and, and pretty dominant early, and you just saw it trickle down. It, they were able to wear him out. And kudos to Wyatt because I thought he took up some of the slack, the other defensive tackle, quote-unquote, the other. I hate to say that about guys, but that's the way people see them. I, I thought they stood out, or he took up some of the slack, and the two of them stood out as guys going kind of in opposite directions throughout the course of that game. But I think without both of them playing at least decently, I don't think you see the pressure in what I felt was um, a rise in the blitz ability in the Kobe Dean that I think we've we've seen in the open field, especially when he comes down on screens or he tries to attack ball carriers. But inside the tackles with, with those big guys getting a little bit wore out, I thought he picked up some of the slack. I think that bodes well for what he can do at the next level as well. Yeah, I mean, he's he's an explosive linebacker. And again, we've talked about just guys and what they're looking for now at that position, guys that can really run, you know, sideline to sideline, chase guys down, play with that athleticism in space. And there are things that he's going to need to improve on, and that's fine. I think the biggest thing, especially for a linebacker that's potentially the first linebacker off the board, you want to know just does he have the potential and upside to grow into what it is that you want to see from these linebackers nowadays. And I think from that standpoint, he's going to be just fine. Now, are there areas where he needs to improve? Of course. And I think we can say the same thing for most of these prospects. But the biggest thing is having the ability, showing that you can play at a high level, even if there's some inconsistency there. And then just working on some of the things where you need to improve on. And that's the NFL job to get them there. It, it absolutely is. And it's, it's always a process, but I think that shows you where it can go. There's a lot of guys in this other ball game that I think are in the same situation. When you look at Cincinnati, they get a big win, right? But it's not the way that I think we all wanted to see Desmond Ritter try to take a step forward on, on championship weekend and that kind of thing. I thought there are two other players that really stood out in that game. We'll get to Ritter in a second because I know you have a take on him. But yeah. what was your thought on Ford? I thought Ford kind of has been good but not outstanding all season. I thought he put an explanation point on his name this game in particular i thought pierce did the same thing and we've known that he's been a what top 10 wide out but i think he helped himself this weekend as well yeah there were some guys that really stood out i mean you talk about you know ford and i mean not 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 just him i was watching like sauce gardner and some of these guys where you know they did a really good job of you know kind of making their presence felt you know sauce gardner he he actually did a really good job there was one play that he blew up on a blitz and free runner 
but just the timing of it, those are the things that, you know, the understanding of what's being asked of him, you know, coming off of the edge as a blitzer. And I would have liked to see him maybe attack the ball a little bit more on that. Like the quarterback never saw him coming and he was coming out right to his face. Those are the times where you see some of the more experienced guys that used to be in that position, punch out the ball. Uh, but he got the sack. That was awesome to see him have an impact play. I thought in coverage, Sauce Gardner was good. Not just him. Kobe Bryant thought he did a good job as well. But, you know, the guy, and you, you, you mentioned a guy that I was kind of not Im overly impressed with. And that was Desmond Ritter. And we talked about guys, you know, coming into this game. And this, this is a big moment for them. He's going to have another opportunity because Cincinnati is going to be in the college football playoffs. But, you know, big moment. You want to see him play above and beyond. And although the final score will show Cincinnati really dominate Houston, I thought watching that game, he left a little to be desired with throwing the ball down the field. You know, there were several times where he left balls extremely short. Now, again, I'll be the first one to tell everybody. When it comes to throwing the deep ball, it's the lowest percentage pass a quarterback can attempt. So I know more times than not, receivers are going to have to adjust. But I just thought he left it hanging too many times for Pierce. You know, one time where and I was so glad the refs didn't throw a flag on this, but it definitely should have been uh, pass interference 100% on the defensive back. But that's what happens, right? When they throw these, you know, severely underthrown passes down the field and the DB runs into the receiver and uh, they didn't throw the flag there and it could have been one, but I just look at it like, I need you to lead your receiver there. And not just on that play, he left another one hanging up on the right side. There was another one uh, early in the second half where Pierce ran by the defender and was wide open for a touchdown. And another ball that was severely underthrown, it kind of made uh, the receiver kind of stop and have to adjust and end up falling down while catching the ball. Things like that is like, I expect a little bit mm -hmm. more from Desmond Ritter. Now, early in the game, he had a touchdown pass on a post route where, okay, you have your receiver. He's kind of just wide open. You throw it to him. That's awesome. But I wanted to see a little bit more of the more difficult passing attempts to kind of put him up there with some of these other quarterbacks in his class. And I'm not sure I saw that, but definitely we'll have another opportunity to show us come playoff time. Absolutely. And I think the touch, the the lead, he's able to get on some of those routes to the backs, to the tight ends. I think it certainly is a range aspect here of how he delivers the ball, because I think he does a much better job of that out on the edges and down the middle in a, in a shorter range for him. And maybe that's what the, the evaluation has to be. Maybe that's why he's stuck in the second round. We're going to see how it all shakes out. We have another game and quite an important decision to make. Who is edge one? We're going to get to that next. All right, before we get to that, we want to let you guys know that Bill Bar, man, they're here for the holiday season. Grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better, a candy bar. You know, a Bill Bar is filled with so much holiday goodness, rich and decent flavor covered with 100% real chocolate, but amazingly low calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, but they have the good stuff, man. High in protein, and you get the best of both worlds with this. Delicious, but also healthy. Now, they have so many flavors right now, and they're adding new flavors all the time, and I have a hard time choosing which flavors that I want to try out. All right, they got raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, one of my favorites, salted caramel, definitely my favorite. They got peanut butter brownie, another good one that my kids love. You know, Bilt Bar gives you that extra fuel that you need. So right now, I know a lot of people are going shopping, you know, during the holiday season. Don't go shopping and be hungry. All right, because then you start to get in a bad mood and you just want to get out of there and maybe you don't get all the gifts that you want to get. So what do you do, man? Throw a billboard into your purse, into your backpack, into your bag, into your pocket so you have that at any moment. And again, they have all kinds of new flavors that have been dropping 
every few days. You know what, man? How you guys are going to get this offer? You guys are going to go to build.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off of your order right now. Again, use the promo code LOCK15 at build.com. And I think we're going to do, man, especially today, man, we're going to bet, right? Right now for us, it's Sunday. By the time you guys hear this, it's Monday, but you still got Monday Night Football to get in on some of the odds and some of these lines. And right now, Bet Online has you covered, and they have better odds, lines, props than ever before, especially throughout this football season as they march on to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports action this season. Head over right now to the new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% Welcome bonus on your favorite deposit, on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus right now. From basketball, NBA, football, college football, college basketball, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of this amazing offer that's good throughout the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's Bet Online, where the games start. Speaking of yeah. game starter, man, we're talking about, I mean, big time. Okay, first of all, I have to talk a little bit about this game that has nothing to do with the, <laughs> the actual prospects in this game. But I bet on this game. You know, I, I threw them in a little parlay. And it was the third of my parlay. They made me miss. Michigan, I had Iowa covering. But watching this game, I'm all for, like, ground and pound. Listen, I, I cover the 49ers. I watch the 49ers. They play some of this similar offense. But it's no fun when you have two offenses that are running the same exact style and not getting like good quarterback play or not getting like legit play throughout a game. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, this is like a snooze fest. And it was so hard to watch. As a matter of fact, it ended up for the first half being a battle of which punter is going to get drafted higher. Right. I mean, the punters were like good. That, that was the best thing out of the first half, but I will say, um, you know, obviously Michigan, they had a couple nice plays. They had a big explosive run by Blake Corum. Big run down the sideline. That played to be that was a huge play in the game. They had the uh double pass, or you had like a receiver number seven. He threw the ball downfield. They scored a touchdown off of that. So those were the only two touchdowns, and they had a field goal like in the first half. It was kind of odd the way it was all playing out. But a guy that did stand out, and he continues to stand out with and he always it you know, Kayvon Thibodeau, it was a, it was just a foregone conclusion that he was the number one overall prospect in this class, he was the number one edge. Prospect oh, it's in this going class. all right. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, you got you got Aiden Hutchinson, man, and it's the just the consistency. Talk to me a little bit about just kind of what you're seeing from Aiden Hutchinson that really stands out. Then I'll kind of give my thoughts afterward. Yeah, I'm glad that you bring him up, and uh, and I'm congratulations. You sound exactly like a defensive back that didn't want to watch the the run fest. So I'm totally with you. <laughs> I enjoy that kind of beat him up kind of game, so I was fine with that. And, and before we talk about Hutchinson, I do want to mention uh, Majai Sanders. You heard me talk about him last week. I thought he did step up in that Cincinnati game. Seven pressures okay, overall. Yeah, he just yeah. wasn't he wasn't totally dominant. Like, I had wanted more dominance from him, right? And that's a lot of times what we talk about with Thibodeau versus Hutchinson because Hutchinson, you feel all game long. doesn't matter if it's a run vest because you can still feel him setting the edge, coming crashing down. Like, you can see him do his job as a well-rounded defensive end. It's not just the pass rush. Whereas sometimes I think that gets away from Thibodeau. And I think that's really what it comes down to is, is there a play where you were watching when Iowa had the ball that you weren't expecting him to do something? That's what it comes back to for me. You know, a, a guy that I was really watching, and I mean, I was expecting to watch him and see how I did, but Daxton Hill, safety mm -hmm. from Michigan, 
Really liked what I saw from him. Just his range. Um, I liked him around the box. I thought he made several tackles around the line of scrimmage where he was firing up, shooting his gun. That's what we call it, just shooting his gun. Shooting through the hip of the ball carry and his impact from there. I thought in coverage early on he had the pass interference downfield, but he made up for it uh, with terrific coverage throughout the game. Uh, you know, that's one thing. There are a lot of people that are a little, I don't want to say confused with where he should play, but you have some people that look at view him as a nickel. And I think it's because he's smaller. So he's kind of not, not smaller, but when you watch him, he looks more like a Buda Baker than he does like a Jamal Adams, at least his size on the field. I'll see what he actually measures in that. But just, you know, when you're looking at the safeties in this game and, and how they, you know, fit uh, the style of, the NFL right now, which is more spread out, and you definitely have more coverage possibilities. I think, you know, his versatility, being in coverage and being able to play around the line of scrimmage and run fits is really good. Now, is he a nickel? I'm not sure. And again, I'm seeing a lot of that. They have him playing that safety, more of a too high safety. I think he does that well. But uh, that was a guy who I was going into it, you know, kind of excited to see what my main takeaway is going to be. And I thought overall, just very versatile. Uh, well-rounded, really good athlete at the safety position. Yeah, usually I, I use the term tweener as a bad thing. Hybrid is a good thing, you know what I mean? And so, like, for me, I need to go hunt the film and find all the reps that he's lined up as a robber because I think that might be the best role for him right in between there so he can do a little bit of both. I agree with you. But he's dependent on the pass rush. I think that's what sets Hutchinson apart in that mm. it doesn't matter if you're getting a play-action pass because he's going to be a factor on the play. And that's what I don't see from Thibodeau. But my question is, as you go through all the film, I think you have to give David Ajabo a couple of a points plus, too, because he made some nice plays. Again, not as dominant as Hutchinson, not every single down, but a nice bookend. And the argument against Hutchinson being number one is because of Ajabo's presence. Because mm. Thibodeau doesn't have a bookend. He doesn't have the help. So for you, when you look at it, especially knowing that that particular secondary is dependent on the pass rush, what comes down to to you? How much do you discount having someone else can take some of the pressure off? Uh, I mean, obviously, like that's something that you have to take into account, right? I mean, watching Ohio State for the last couple of years and, and and them having terrific edge rushers on both sides. You know, at the end of the day, what the scouts are going to look at is just what they're going to they're going to take their notes, and it's not going to be so much on production, even though obviously the production it, it matters to a certain extent, but it's more so about just the ability. So even though uh, Hutchinson has a good edge rusher on the opposite side of him. I think it's just more so about what it looks like. How is he winning? There's a way that he win, like the way that he wins, is that consistent? And I think right now the answer to all that is yes. Obviously, we see the production, and we see, I mean, this high-end production right now. I think he has, what, 14 or 15 sacks on the season. He's going crazy, especially over the last couple of games. But to me, it's one of the sacks he got, I mean, he bulldozed the, the – is on that side of the line, so the right tackle – Bulldoze the right tackle. They tried to uh, have a running back help, threw the running back out the way, and then went on to get the quarterback. And like it's like it doesn't really matter how you try to slow him down. He's able to just win, and it's extremely consistent. And I see him active in the run game. I think he does a really good job there. Just seeing the strength. There was another play where he just bulldozed the offensive lineman right into the quarterback's lap. And the uh, I think it was the bookend that ended up getting in trouble, getting into the quarterback's face after the play. And they, they threw like an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. But just Hutchinson, the way that he wins and being able to win with speed around the edge and be disruptive as well as power uh, consistently. I mean, the dude is just he, – he's tremendous. And at this point, again, I don't want to get caught up in the hype. I don't want to, you know, get uh, just 
throw out the window everything that uh, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau has done and how good he looks. And he got a sack in his game, right? So, the, you know, he's starting to kind of turn up a little mm -hmm. bit. But Hutchinson is just – I think he's just better. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. When, and when I say better, right? I mean just – I'm I'm looking for like just a football player, right? Like the the good the good football player, the dominance and how he wins is that consistent? And right now with what Hutchinson is doing, I think it's just a little bit more consistent than what we're seeing from Thibodeau, who might be the more freakier athlete, but we're just not seeing the production as much. Now again, maybe it comes it has to do with a little bit like you said, you know, have not having that guy on the other side to take a little bit of pressure off of him. But right now, Aiden Hutchinson, he just. He looks a little unreal, and it, it seems like each week he's just getting better and better and just showing more and more why. It's like, hey, why aren't you guys talking about me as the number one pass rusher in this class? Well, for the record, I've been doing that for about a month, so hey. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. But I, I like what you said, too, and, and one more thing to illustrate that. Working through a chip double team and destroying both the guys is completely different than what I saw this weekend from Thibodeau, where on at least two occasions, I watched him lose one-on-one -on -one to a tight end in a block. That can't happen if you're a top pick. That's his bottom line. And Utah, I think, has come on very strong this season. You can have a lot of props for them. And uh, tomorrow we will be talking about Devin Lloyd because I'm impressed that I didn't bring him up today because that's how much I want to talk about that guy. But we're going to go through that. We're going to start Mock Draft Monday next week. Make sure you guys are ready for that. We're going to come up with some interesting formats, I'm pretty sure. And we have a ton from this championship weekend to still talk about tomorrow. So make sure that you get subbed and you hit the like button over on YouTube. Hit us with your reviews there and comments on what you think. Is it Hutchinson? Is it Thibodeau? Give us your feedback here on YouTube. We appreciate your time. And I'm excited about this. I could probably go on for another six hours, Croc. I'm not, I'm not sure how we're going to cut it off. <laughs> we're going to cut it off there. And we appreciate everybody that's been tuning in. Make sure if you're not following us, man, follow us on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker for myself. Also follow, follow Ryan on Twitter, Ryan Tracy NFL. So, you know, you can interact with us outside of the show. If there's things that you want us to talk about or prospects you want us to touch on, make sure you hit us. I'll definitely dive right into the film and get my analysis on the following show. So make sure you guys do that. But until next time, we want to thank you guys for making this your first listen. We are out. Peace.